This is the KOTO Community Radio News for Wednesday, April 27th. I'm Matt Hoish. And I'm Julia Caulfield. In today's headlines, Sunnyside Committee lands on rental and lottery recommendations. RICO discusses 1,000-acre land conservation. Mountain Village to expand gondola parking garage. And a mountain weather forecast. Day by day, the Telluride region's newest affordable housing development is nearing completion. The Sunnyside project overlooks the valley floor on the north side of the spur. This week, the Sunnyside Committee, composed of representatives from the two governments developing the project, the town of Telluride and San Miguel County, approved recommendations for rental rates, occupancy qualifications, and the lottery process. The committee agreed not to raise the proposed rental rates, despite newly published data showing higher area median income. Here's Telluride Town Council member Adrian Christie. We use the AMI numbers as a target and, a, and an awareness for us, but we also use our own judgment and our awareness of what people make and how much money they have as a way of indicating what we think is affordable for rent. Rents ranged on the units from roughly $1,200 per month for a one-bedroom to about 2560 per month for a four-bedroom. On the qualification front, one large discussion was over whether to have asset limits for people living in the units. Typical local guidelines limit household net worth to twice the unit's for sale price. County Assistant Manager James Van Hoosier wonders if the juice is worth the squeeze to monitor that. Is it worth making sure we track this net worth calc um, and make everyone else track their net worth calc? How often do we see folks bumping up against these caps? Telluride Program Director Lance McDonald admits those caps don't come up often. And I think I just go back to the key thing. Are the lights on? Are the people working? You know, that's like the fundamental purpose of what we're, we're doing here. Ultimately, the committee agreed to not recommend an asset cap, but to require residents not own improved residential property in San Miguel, Dolores, Ure, or Montrose counties. When it comes to the housing lottery, the big question was whether people should have to enter as individuals or as households. Christy thinks it should be by household. I'm a single person, and nothing disappoints me more than when couples get benefits that I don't get. Telluride Housing Director Melanie Wasserman explains for the Virginia Placer Lottery, people applied by household but got an entry for each qualified adult in the household. She says that helps administer the lottery and avoid people putting in several individual entries for the same household. Because if we have multiple people from the same household that are all pulled within the top 20, it might look like people who are number 21 and 22 and 23 aren't going to get units, but they are. Telluride Mayor Delaney Young admits it's hard to create a perfect system. Either way you slice it, somebody's going to get a leg up and you just don't know who it is until the lottery actually occurs. After detailed discussion, the committee decided people will apply for the Sunnyside Lottery by household. And applicants must establish who's in the household prior to the lottery. Here's Telluride Town Council member Dan Enright. Instead of it just being me and three unnamed roommates, because then those in this hypothetical situation where four best friends are applying, each one then puts in their own application. Each household, the committee agreed, will be able to have up to four entries in the lottery, with additional entries earned via points based on people's histories in the region. Still, all of these decisions aren't final. 
They're just recommendations. The Board of County Commissioners, Telluride Town Council, and the Telluride Housing Authority also have to approve them. As far as how many units will be up for grabs in the lottery, it won't be all 30 that are part of the Sunnyside project. The town and county will get two units each for their employees. Up to five will be reserved for residents the town is relocating from Shandoka F building, and one four-bedroom unit is reserved for someone who wants to run a childcare facility. So, roughly 20 units will be up for grabs in the Sunnyside Lottery. Dates for when the lottery will open and take place are not yet set. The town of Rico is considering turning over 1,000 acres of land into a conservation easement. We've been kind of talking about this disposition properties in Rico. Um, you know, we've had some preliminary conversations, talked to the broker, um, some potential funding partners. Um, and at this point, we're still just trying to do our homework and get familiar with the property and kind of understand all the intricacies. Uh, you know, there's been a lot of obviously historical mining on the property, um, not on all of the parcels, but on some of it. That's Patrick Gardner with the Trust for Public Land, a land conservation nonprofit, speaking before the RICO Board of Trustees last week. The property in question is 1,146 acres, over 181 parcels, in and around RICO. It is currently listed for sale for $10 million. The listing notes the land could be perfect to develop into a hot springs resort. You know, we realize that the potential outcome for this property could have some serious impacts to the town of Rigo and the community. Gardner, along with Travis Custer, executive director of the Montezuma Land Conservancy, are proposing potentially trying to acquire the land and conserve it instead. We want to make sure that everyone understands we're not trying to come in and control what would happen to the property or, you know, what the conservation outcome would look like. That's something we want the community to be a part of. Uh, and so I think that's just something I really want to uh, stress. You know, we don't want to come in and, and kind of tell everybody what to do. We want to listen to what everyone is thinking about the property and then try and craft some kind of conservation project around um, what the community's vision for the future of RICO is. Custer adds putting the land into conservancy doesn't inherently mean it cannot be used for development. Conservation easements can have quite a bit of flexibility, but in general, they look to protect open space, conservation values, public access. So things like recreation, trail systems, open space, uh, wildlife habitat, you know, natural resource protection, those are all part of it. Uh, potentially in this type of project, I think we're also interested in exploring other community-based outcomes that could include affordable housing, it could include, uh, you know, other, other dimensions besides just uh, strictly conservation. Custer says they're at the very beginning process of land conservancy in the area. They simply want to, quote, plant the seed, which the RICO Board of Trustees is on board with. We're interested, right? Yeah, yeah absolutely. <laughs> If the town moves forward, Gardner and Custer note the Trust for Public Land and Montezuma Land Conservancy would assist in fundraising efforts and management of the easement. Next steps include meeting with the community to see where priorities stand, likely in May, and getting an appraisal on the property. 
Mountain Village is looking to expand its gondola parking garage. The town has a right to construct two additional units onto the gondola parking garage. That's Mountain Village town manager Paul Weiser speaking before town council last week. We've gone ahead and started working with our engineer who had done some work um, on that proposed expansion several years ago. They are now updating their plans and design um, for what that particular uh, facility and addition would look like. According to Rob Johnson, transit operations manager for Mountain Village, expanding the parking garage isn't a matter of if, but when. The reality is, is the, the four months of the ski season, the heart of the ski season, we are close to full a lot. Uh, in 2022, so 90 days of ski season, not counting April, we were, we were over 400 cars in there at noon. If uh, the trends continue, next winter is going to be really hard. He says if Mountain Village can double capacity in the garage, it should hold for another 15 to 20 years. So it's either we, we work on it now, we find a way to make it work, or we wait till we have a crisis and then we've still got 36 months to correct it. Town Council recognizes the urgency and supports moving the project forward. Council member Marty Prohaska likens it to another regional hot topic. I mean, you know, to make a correlation with affordable housing, it's like if we if we wait any longer, we're not even going to be able to, you know, we're going to be at crisis level, which, you know, is I feel where a lot of us are feeling we are now because we weren't building affordable housing three years ago or five years ago. So I think, you know, we're probably more than due to be having this on the table now. Finn Comey, Mountain Village Public Works Director, says it would likely take two years to complete the project. Weiser notes the town is looking to begin construction sooner rather than later. We're moving forward and at a rather quick speed because um, prices are just getting way out of control. Um, we're told that this week steel went up 60 percent. Um, and unfortunately, there's a lot of steel involved in that particular project. The town does not have a set price tag for the construction project, but says it could be anywhere from 18 to $20 million. The town plans to look for grant funding to support the construction, noting they could also use a revenue bond to pay for the structure. Hikers, bikers, and runners, oh my! in the Telluride region can expect a new trail in the coming months. This week, the Telluride Mountain Club announced it reached a fundraising goal to develop a new Eider to Mill Creek connector trail. The saying it takes a village has never been more real, and we're just so thankful to this community for the support. Heidi Lauterbach is the director of the Mountain Club, which kicked off an effort to fundraise $45,000 for the project earlier this year. Ladderbox says she had no idea the money would come together so quickly. Nearly 70 donors, she says, contributed. Which speaks to how many people, you know, wanted to get this thing off the ground this year. We had a lot of people who donated really large amounts. We also had some anonymous donors that really helped move the campaign to success. And most recently, Alpine Bank dedicated $10,000 because they wanted to make sure that this project would happen in this calendar year. The Mountain Club will match the donations with an additional 45000 and plans to start on the trail next month with corridor clearing. The hope is to have the new trail open to the public by this fall, but Lauterbach adds 
That depends on Mother Nature. For anyone looking to get involved, the Mountain Club is planning volunteer trail workdays for June and July. Those traveling across Red Mountain Pass on Highway 550 will experience lengthy road closures in the coming weeks. The San Miguel Power Association is closing the road for vegetation management to assist with fire mitigation, electrical service reliability, and broadband improvement. SMPA notes the project will take place on the south side of the pass between Uray and Silverton. According to SMPA, travelers can expect two four-hour closures during weekday mornings and afternoon. The closures will take place just south of Yere at mile marker 92 and near Crystal Lake at mile marker 87 on the south end. The pass will be closed from 8.30 a.m. to 12.30 p.m. and 1.30 p.m. to 5.30 p.m. Monday through Friday from May 2nd to 13th. The highway will remain open overnight and on the weekends. With the Colorado General Assembly getting close to the end of its session, more bills are heading to Governor Jared Polis's desk for signature. Governor Polis signed a $36 billion state budget for next year. It will be the most money the state has ever spent in a year. Polis says it includes a record investment in public schools, and the state has, quote, never been in as good financial shape as it is today. Lawmakers included funding to increase air quality monitoring and to help cities recruit more police officers. Democrats say it is a responsible spending plan that will push the state forward after it had to make devastating cuts because of the pandemic. Most Republicans voted against it, saying the government is growing too quickly and will be in bad shape if the economy hits a downturn. On Monday, Polis also signed a bill to roll out free preschool classes starting next year. The new program will offer 10 hours per week of free preschool for all children the year before they start kindergarten. Funding for the initiative is coming from a new tax voters approved two years ago on cigarettes and other nicotine products. Senate President Steve Fenberg of Boulder says the universal preschool program is one of the most impactful things lawmakers are working on this session. Lawmakers passed a separate law last year creating a new government agency dedicated to early childhood education. Meanwhile, the Colorado Senate has started debating a bill aiming to prevent fentanyl overdoses. As KOTO's Scott Franz reports, it toughens criminal penalties for people who deal or possess the drug. The plan has sparked one of the most emotional debates so far this legislative session. The House this week narrowly decided not to make it a felony to possess less than a gram of fentanyl. Prosecutors have been calling for that change, but critics say it will hurt people addicted to it. Michael Doherty is the district attorney in Boulder County. He's urging lawmakers to pass the bill to save lives. In 2020, we had 540 Coloradans die from fentanyl. In 2021, 736 people died from fentanyl. The bill would spend $32 million on programs to help people addicted to the drug. Sponsors say they will wait until Thursday to call a first vote in the Senate because they are working on changes to the legislation. I'm Scott Franz at the State Capitol.
The seven states in the Colorado River Basin are giving their approval to a proposed set of water cutbacks from the federal government. KUNC's Alex Hager has more. The plan would cut flows to Arizona, Nevada, and California by 480,000 acre-feet, enough water to supply more than half a million homes for a year. Even the states who would lose water as part of this measure signed the plan, underscoring the urgent need to put water back in Lake Powell. Record low levels in the nation's second-largest reservoir are threatening the ability to produce hydropower at the Glen Canyon Dam. The federal cutbacks join another emergency boost for Lake Powell announced by four upper basin states this week. Both moves come as decades of drought, driven by climate change, continue to squeeze the Colorado River. I'm Alex Hager. The National Weather Service forecast for the western San Juans calls for mostly clear skies tonight with a low in the mid-30s. Thursday, expect mostly sunny skies with a high in the mid-50s. Thursday night should be partly cloudy with a low around freezing. Friday calls for mostly sunny skies with a high in the mid-40s. Winds could gust as high as 35 miles per hour. Friday night should be clear with a low around 25 degrees. This has been the news for Wednesday, April 27th. Thanks for listening. If you have a story idea or a news tip, call the news team at 970-728-3206. And now, personal commentaries. Good afternoon. My name is David Reese, and I'm the president-elect of the Telluride Rotary Club. I would like to thank Kodo for allowing me to be here to announce our upcoming raffle on June 8th to celebrate our new Rotary year and raise money for our scholarships and grant funding. Here's how it works. Go to TellurideRotary.com or our Facebook page to find the link for the raffle. Once you click that link, you'll see an option to purchase entries into the raffle, and you'll be entered to win a number of amazing prizes, such as 4x4 tours with Telluride Outside, a two-night stay at Camp V in Natarita, and other items such as a set of tires from Telluride Tire or gift certificates to local businesses. It starts at $15 for 15 entries, and the more entries you purchase, the more chances you'll win one of these prizes. The Rotary Club provides service grants to local organizations such as Angel Baskets, the Student Aids Benefit Show, and to the Telluride Medical Staff Relief Fund. In addition, we provide aid to various international organizations, such as Maternal and Child Health in Northern Uganda and the Shelterbox organization that's aiding Ukrainian refugees. Rotary is involved with programs such as the International Student Exchange Program, as well as providing scholarships to graduating seniors in San Miguel County. This year we were able to increase our scholarship funds from 3000 last year to 10000 this year. It's events like this that allow us to provide support for these programs and help support our local community and the world around us. Thank you, Koto, for your support, and thank you, Telluride, and we look forward to your participation. Hey, Koto listeners. May is Mental Health Awareness Month, and there are lots of events planned to learn more about mental health issues care for your own wellness, and show our community support for this important topic. This weekend, you can get involved by attending the Race to Be Human movie screening on Saturday at 7 p.m. at the Transfer Warehouse, or by participating in a free CrossFit class at Telluride CrossFit at noon on Sunday. 
After that, Tri-County Health Network is hosting a Safe Talk Suicide Alertness Training to help anyone 15 and older learn to recognize the signs of suicide and connect people with life-saving resources. The class will take place on Tuesday, May 3rd from 2.30 to 6.30 p.m. at the Elks Lodge. Let's work together to create a happier and healthier community. Opinions broadcast over KOTO are those of the speakers. You are also invited to express your views after the news or on access each weekday at around 4 p.m. If you would like to comment, please contact a staff person here at KOTO. We encourage you to speak out on important public issues.